Okay, terrific. So we're rolling. And welcome back, Michael DeBar. It's great to be with you, man. You know, I love your whimsical volatility. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you. As you know, I'm a, a, quite an admirer of yours, and oh. it's lovely to have you back. Oh, thanks. And uh, there's some exciting stuff coming up in the very near future, including uh, a new album. Yeah, new record. I just want to say something, though. You know, yeah. I was driving here from Pasadena, my new house, which we, we discussed. And, you know, I yeah. moved to Pasadena. I got married. My third wife, spectacular. Yeah. She's 17, but she's really smart. <laughs> and uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> you met right up to the 17th birthday as well. <laughs> no Bill Wyman shenanigans no here. Bill, oh, gosh. Wyman. <laughs> you know, he's 82. He's still at it. But I think his girlfriend said, no, we can't. Uh, no, no, of course Okay, not, so yeah. there I am coming in. And I was told, I don't care what they did to me uh-huh i don't think about what they should do for me yeah i'm thinking about what i'm doing sure and i realized that everything then becomes it wonderful because mm -hmm. that's all there is and it's all really you can uh change it's yeah. all you can affect i mean it's an old cliche clearly you know but i mean you, you, know, <laughs> you, you the past is gone and the future is a mystery but mm -hmm. i want the mystery of the moment sure there's plenty the, of mystery in the yeah moment. the secretive yeah. enigma of today you know and that's what i was thinking coming here yeah there's so many things going on you know my my program continues to be enjoyed and oh, yeah. also a lot of people listen to it. Little Stevens Underground Garage, Channel 21. Mm -hmm. You know, it's a really exciting gig. You know, me and the microphone. Yeah. You know, as you know, because yeah. you do your thing. Sure. God, you've got a microphone. I mean, you know, I mean, and I, it's in my house. My studio is in my house. Same. I do it from yeah. my house. Yeah. And therefore, you know, I can, well, I wear makeup anyway, you know, because. <laughs> you want to get in the spirit well, of things. you know, yeah. I'm yeah. the only DJ that has lighting. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I've never said that before, right? <laughs> we have a terrific nail varnish on as well. It's a good color. It is good color. What what color would that be? That for would the be peri listeners? periwinkle. Ah, okay. But only exactly. on one hand. Oh, okay, right. The be fretting hand. Yes, it is actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, uh, you know, I do it because I can, and I well, and I go. do it because only on one hand because I'm I am. You know how supportive I am about LGBT. Oh, absolutely. You know? Yeah, and the queer nation the, yeah. all of it is is listen man in 1972 i was in a silver jumpsuit and yellow boots in new orleans yeah you know or worse mobile alabama <laughs> so i i've been through my own uh confrontations with the butch yeah you know with the, the biases, say, the discontent sure. the, you know the the quarterback Whereas the girls wanted to fuck us, you know, the 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 boyfriends wanted to literally kill us, and that yeah. was the environment. So I'm very inter interested in the struggle mm -hmm. because I've been there. I mean, people go, "What are you, a boy or a girl?" Or what are you? What are you, a beetle? You know, you you know, <laughs> yeah. um, whatever it was back then. Um, and so I'm super aware of the struggle there, and I'm down with it, man, you know. And that's why we're playing downtown LA mm -hmm. in that environment at this club, the Redwood Bar in Los Angeles. You yeah. guys, you want to come down with there on the 7th and the 28th of August. Um, and it's a fantastic environment. We're going to have really wonderful bands like the Cox, like the the, uh, the Crawlers, the, you know, there's so many 
bands out there mm-hmm. really being incredibly um, loyal to their belief system. And that's rare, man. Mm-hmm. They're not in the game. Yeah. They don't want to be the new Greta Van Fleet. Yeah. Which, sure. as we know, is the new... Um, Led Zeppelin? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, God bless them. I don't care. Yeah. You know, people say to me all the time, but what do you think about the, you know, the, the bands that are clearly sort of... Um, Shall we say evoking? Evoking is is really kind. I I, <laughs> I, I got stuck at influenced, which I think is more generous yeah. than evoke. <laughs> Both are very, 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 very generous. We're very generous, kind people. You know, but God bless them. You know, they're playing the blues. I mean, you know, sure. tell, tell Jimmy Page not to be influenced. <laughs> you know, hello. Right. This legal thing with uh, Spirit is just cropped up again. Oh yeah, it's going on and on. For listeners not familiar, uh, the Spirit, the group uh, featuring Randy California, uh, had a song. What's the name of their song? I can't remember. It's called something like, oh, God, oh, Pegasus or, or something, yeah. Taurus. Taurus, that's right. Yeah, Taurus. And so their song is very similar chord-wise to... It's 52 seconds of the of the te- of the notes that Randy was in. Brilliant band, Spirit. Great sure. band. I play them all the time. Fantastic band. But, yes, that's right. But my thing about Stairway is, Stairway is three acts. Yeah. It is. There's a different movements in that song mm-hmm. that you could apply to an opera if you like, because sure. it is sort of a rock and roll opera. You know, there's the the acoustic beginning and then it builds and and it changes and you know it's my sweet lord time. Oh, sure, that's you right. Know, yeah. with George and uh, you know who care? I could care less about that stuff. And, and but Randy California, perhaps his estate and his mm-hmm. uh, uh, children or whatever it is, who's ever coming up against them, yeah stand to make a fortune if they win because it is the most played radio song in, in the history of rock and roll. Yeah, on radio and at guitar centers as well. Uh, well, I, I love that. Yeah, you know, how many people are, you know, going to... But I love that. Yeah, right. There's something charming about that, like the geek over there, like playing... Mm-hmm. You know, and 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 I hear a lot of people. I go over, and go. How'd you do that? You know, <laughs> <laughs> you can hear some good stuff at Guitar you Center. You do. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it's a beautiful thing. But uh, you know, the the thing about copying and all of that is very, is a very interesting vibe right now because mm-hmm. uh, even in even now, everybody's copying Billie Eilish. Oh sure, which is fascinating, and right. the, and the beat unfortunately goes on you know <laughs> uh, through a computer yeah so it, it's not that i've got anything against that music no, no, man no. i dig it all yeah if you're good you're good i don't care whether you're tap dancing or you know doing it with your brother on a laptop yeah well you know what i mean i'm not talking about incest <laughs> i'm talking about rock and roll music or contemporary music and billy's brilliant 17 incredible and and, yeah. and it's lovely to have a phenomena to talk about sure because god knows there aren't any yeah and it's yeah it's nice to have a star it's star. nice yeah. to have a star, yeah, and that's absolutely true. And she gets five, you know, on mm-hmm. all levels. But my point being is, that they're evoking Billy now. Yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, anyone who becomes the new star, then there's suddenly a wave of influence. Lots of little stars. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Big star, little star. Yeah, you know. But I, I, I feel great. I mean, we're playing. It, it's hard to find new rock bands. So a, plug in, you guys yeah, and girls. Sure. Plug in, and I know there's there's a young girl in Cleveland plugging into a little orange amp. Sure. With a melody maker, Les Paul, in mm-hmm. her hand and playing riffs and, and creating. I know, I just know it'll swing to the simplicity of it. 
you know, that's why my band, The Mistakes, came. Yeah. I mean, Jesus, you know, I've had five bands in five decades. Right. You know. It's a good I, average. Uh, it's not bad, is it? No, I no. mean, you know. And I saw your band. It was the first time seeing you live, and it was fantastic. I saw you at the Hi-Hat a couple months ago. And, uh, is oh, it The Highland Mistakes Park? in yeah. Highland Park. Yeah. Yeah, second gig. Yeah, it was fantastic. You know, but yeah. but I don't say that with any, you know, what what's the word I'm looking for? A bravado. Uh, or, yeah, well, uh, no, it's everything I do is bravado. You know, <laughs> boiling a fucking egg is, you know, <laughs> is, is a major <laughs> moment. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you. No, 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 please. Would you like one? But, I'd be happy know, to do this again. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, it's not a an apology saying it's oh, a second show. Yeah, it's it, we are. My whole thing is play loud and make mistakes. Mm -hmm. All I know is the greatest things that has ever happened to me up there live is mistakes. Sure. You look at each other and you're either going to, you know, shoot yourself after the gig <laughs> or you're going to laugh and do something extraordinary. The The key to it is people are with you. You're yeah. playing for them, with them. Right. It's like when I'm talking to you, mm -hmm. making eye contact with yeah. you. It's a lot more than like, you know, looking over your fucking shoulder or at a phone you know by something. the way yeah in terms of acting because i'm an actor certainly uh recently <laughs> seen on the uh most recently seen on the latest season of macgyver yeah yeah reprising yeah. your classic role of murdoch yeah that's it yeah so a lot of people i've worked with for the you know when did i start 1966 you'd be do you be talking to somebody and yeah. they're literally looking at it they're not even talking to you <laughs> So right. you're trying to create a moment that is real yeah and they're thinking about what they're going to say yeah they're right. not listening so the key to that gig is to listen, because if you listen mm -hmm. and the camera's on the person that is doing the talking, when they go to edit that movie, mm -hmm. they'll look at this person and they can see that it's not authentic. Mm -hmm. So who, where are they going to go? Where they, how are they going to cut that? So they'll cut it to the guy who's listening or the girl that's listening, the man, the woman, the dog, it doesn't matter. If sure. You, because there's more in the truth you don't have to say stuff yeah. to be taken truthfully you know you're responding your mother's dead i mean listen to the silence yeah it's back to what you were saying about being in the moment if you're not there in the moment which is true in life too i mean basically Absolutely. actors tips you could take these to, to and apply life, to life lessons you know yeah. and certainly rock and roll i mean mm -hmm. you know i mean we're very tight but the thing is these guys they're amazing man they really i'm just a lucky guy these incredible musicians um and i said right at the beginning the first time we ever got in a room i said you're 17. yeah <laughs> you know that's, you, you that's just, the, just just be 17 yeah and don't even think about notes and and uh, you know scales and mm -hmm. all of the stuff that you've known you know what's happening just yeah. do it you know it's like dare i dare i compare to picasso <laughs> no, you didn't think about it. he was just or matisse or any of the great painters yeah. they, they were just yeah and it wasn't oh, i've got to form the perfect pigeon right here with three eyes right is, that's it that's what yeah. i'm gonna do climbing up a ladder to a cloud that's right. it got it with an elephant in the background you know because maybe they wouldn't have started it if they thought about it too that's much exactly yeah that's that's brilliantly put and um it the same thing applies to rock and roll music but of course because music has become so controlled sure and you can do anything mm -hmm. you know you can you don't need to go find a flute player no, you just program Let's it. Let's get and... Ronald. He's really good on food. He's not here. Well, when's he back? Six days. Oh, okay. So I won't push this button then. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 
and 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 that's what it sounds like pushing a button mm-hmm. whatever it is however it is but there's brilliant Avicii, you know oh there's sure there's incredible people. electronic music it always has been yeah since since you know it's been uh, reasonable to make some with synthesizers in the 70s etc yeah coming from that whole world that's right martin gore is so interesting sure yeah know, for those listening he, i'm sure you know depeche mode yeah he he created stuff that is wow you know those songs people are people all of the mm-hmm you know, personal Jesus. These are really huge songs. Massive songs. Yeah. And it's great. And the uh, reissue series they did on Mute a while ago, which is kind of the gold standard, I think, for reissues. They had documentaries with each album. And they, there's footage of them sampling, just throwing pebbles down gutters and all that stuff. And then that's fashioned into something that's... Into something that's uh, syncopated. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. but Scott Walker did that too. Oh, that's true. That's a great moment in his documentary where he's uh, yes. producing the... Mo- punching the, the, the meat. Punching the meat, yeah. Which is the title of my autobiography. <laughs> Chapter 69. But I, uh, you know, yeah, random noise. Yeah. But that's what rock and roll is. Like, I get more of a kick out. Like, I was at the gym this morning, and what I, I'm hearing MC5, mm-hmm. and it's a two-minute intro of feedback before yeah. they even get into the tune. <laughs> and you're going, wow, you, you know, you're really, it's just noise. Right. So it's a primal vibe, the mistakes, with some pretty good songs. Yeah, I'd say so. And I go yeah. back, I play Silverhead songs, I play Detective songs, we're playing at the Viper Room on Monday, you guys. Please oh, yeah, come down, right. it's free. Yeah, I would be there, Yeah, but I'll be in New York, so I cannot. I gotta leave. <laughs> I, uh, no, I, I figured kidding. it would come out sometime. I might as well no, bring it up. No, now. God bless you. It's fine. Um, but uh, you guys out there, I'd love to see you. Ten thirty, we go, and I've got a lot of vinyl of our new single too, "Crackle and Hiss" on neon pink vinyl. Oh, terrific! It comes out nice. from Wicked Cool Stevie's label. Great. My when's boss. that? And when's that out? That comes out on July fifth. Okay. And we're really excited. It's so. You know, rockin'. It's an homage to vinyl, duh. You know? <laughs> it's about having the flu. Yeah, yeah. Every, something everyone can relate to. And uh, actually, can you pause for one sec? Because this logic thing just uh, paused for a second. So I was saying, yes, I have a gig, you know, at the Viper Room, which is a historic place anyway. You look at it, yeah, you know, but it's free. And please come ten thirty. I've got all this vinyl, neon pink vinyl, crackle. His on the B side is stop in the name of love. Oh, you did the uh, at the show I saw, I believe. Yeah, you remember the Vanilla Fudge? Yes, absolutely. So they were a band, you know, late sixties, early seventies that I really dug, you Mm -hmm. know. And Stevie Van Zandt adores them, so we play them a lot. And they took these R&B classics and turned them into these grinding, almost heavy metal. That's uh, certainly. So you keep yeah. me hanging on. And, yeah. Well, I did the same thing, but I have a different kind of sense of grinding <laughs> than East Coast grinders. <laughs> I'm a, a London grinder. Oh, right, a right. cobblestone grinder, <laughs> which is the name of my next band. <laughs> but it's, it'll be fun, man. you got to come. We're doing four songs, you know. Mm, oh, really? We're shooting a video. And, oh, cool. You know, so it'll be fun for everybody. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then you're going to go off to Japan at some point? going to go to Japan at Christmas and uh, do Tokyo, um, Osaka, and Nagoya, which is the usual run, you know. Mm-hmm. And you've done that quite a few times. I have, yeah. Yeah, and in recent years as well, right? You did yeah. that with the, did it, was it the Silverhead reunion? Silverhead reunion was in, in Tokyo. What was and, it like reuniting with a group that you hadn't played with in so long? Because you've done so much and you're usually about moving forward and what's the next thing and what's the present thing? I'm delighted that you asked that question. Uh, very few people can understand oh. the notion of reuniting. Reuniting <laughs> and it doesn't feel so good. <laughs> reuniting, not sure if I should. <laughs> not going to do it in your neighborhood. Um, you know, man, I mean, to be 
kind and everything. Uh, that music was written for people with a lot of fucking energy and adrenaline. <laughs> sure. Uh, by 20-year-olds. Yeah. So I'm singing More Than Your Mouth Can Hold was one of our songs. <laughs> Another title for those not maybe not familiar, the album title is uh, 16 and Savage. 16 and Savage. Which some people, you know, have issue with, but uh, they don't get the uh, context. Well, the, the thing is, um, I'm, I'm a journalist. Sure. Um, I chronicle stuff. I'm not... Uh, the Instructing waving people, yeah. a flag saying yeah. molest 16 year olds <laughs> right you no, know certainly. quite the quite the reverse i have a foundation called street hearts which is about the homeless teens um which is another story which we'll get into after yeah we, what uh, happened yeah. was 16 and savage was about when i first came to los angeles in 1972 it was a very different world sure laurie mattox is in the lobby she's 14 with her mother okay so mm -hmm. need i say more <laughs> david bowie took a virginity okay so let's just start from that standpoint do i do i uh think that's okay um you cannot look back and say that's not okay you're going back in history to discuss something, uh, uh -huh. and uh, of course, it's abusive in our current uh, culture. It is also terribly abusive then. Sure. But what I wrote about in my own defense, which I don't really need to do, uh, defend myself, I but wrote good about people, yeah. what the shit was going down. Yeah. You're 16 and savage, you're so young and so ravaged. Nobody's going to give a damn. Your mother's doesn't give a shit. Your father's on the road doing business. You're left alone. What the fuck do you think is going to happen? Sure. It's actually about abuse by parents. Uh-huh. By right. the authoritative figures that should have, you know, be in control of the situation with their kids. And I saw it, man. And it wasn't like that in London. Mm -hmm. Really? You know, what, what was the London The London difference? thing was a whole different thing because of, of the difference in drugs. Oh, interesting. 1960s, okay. late 60s, early 70s was hashish. Mm -hmm. So you've got an opiated youngins in velvet. Okay, sure. You know, they're not in bikinis. Right. This is not Brian Wilson. Yeah. You know, this is Oscar Wilde. Sure. And we're in London. Yeah. And we're in Cobblestone, so not on the fucking beach. <laughs> and not in the so, sun, essentially, most of the time. Could you describe sun real quick? <laughs> well, it's like this thing that it's comes a, out. It's uh, when the sky's not gray. It's like and... Jumping Jack Flash the Ripper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so it's Victoriana. Sure. Um, and dandies. Mm -hmm. An Edwardian philosophy of um, incredible sort of, I don't know, overindulgence and, and bacchanalian delights. And the drugs, you know, hashish and all that. And I was 16 to So With Love. And after So With Love, it was a whole other deal, you know, because we we could get in anywhere. Yeah. Any clubs, Scots of St. James, there's Jimi Hendrix in the corner. I went to school with Noel Redding, for God's sake, mm -hmm. with uh, Mitch Mitchell, excuse me. Mm -hmm. But Noel, Miss Pamela was with at the time. Oh, right. You okay. know, it's all very intricate. But the point being I'm trying to make is is that, yeah, it's abusive and disgusting. And how dare people take advantage of young people? It's, it's a revolting. And I wrote about it. Because it's what you saw. Uh, yeah, happening. I wrote about what I saw. And of course I indulged in it, too. I was 20. Yeah, <laughs> you know, uh -huh. I mean, many people would think I was being abused. Sure, <laughs> you know. So uh, that's that, you know. But we do that song. Yeah. And my uh, the other thing about the reuniting, it didn't work for me. Okay. You know, yeah. I play those songs with these guys, but it it just didn't it didn't feel right. It was it, it'd be like Anthony Hopkins playing Romeo. Sure. Okay. Yeah, in the, in the latest Baz Luhrmann version or something. What a horrible thought. <laughs> That's what we like to bring people but on the show. But isn't Baz doing Elvis? Is he? Oh, I that'd be interesting. So. You yeah. know who's playing Colonel Tom Parker? No. Who? Tom Hanks. Wow, that's a great casting. 
for that. Colonel Tom Parker's fascinating, horrifying, but fascinating. I think it's the most overlooked character in rock and roll. I think you're right because. And I did a whole thing on him on my show with uh-huh. uh, about where he came from, and we all know about the dancing chickens on an electric plate and so on. You know, mm-hmm. a, a, a circus Barker. Oh no, see, I didn't know about that part. Yeah, yeah. well, it makes sense because he was making what Elvis. Elvis could have done half the amount of performing for the same amount of money in certain eras, right? But Colonel Tom just kept kept him working, kept him working. Yeah, but the, you know the 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 thing about. The Colonel ruining Elvis's career. You can say that, you know, he didn't let him go to Europe and because the Colonel didn't have a green card yeah. or, you know, they put him in Vegas and they put him in these dreadful movies. They weren't dreadful. They were fantastic. Mm-hmm. Depends where you're coming from. Yeah, the way you look at the what films. What if Colonel hadn't taken him out of the Louisiana Hayride well, when the, he was 19? Yeah, and, right. And what would have happened to Elvis? Would Elvis have become a country singer and, and you know, OD'd at 38? Right. You yeah, know, you, I mean, you don't know. You, tell and you, me. you look at there's positives and negatives of the colonel's approach, but yeah, you know, if there hadn't been a Hitler, it'd be a different world. You know, so give me a break. Uh, yeah, again, you know, yeah, don't fuck with history. But the reuniting thing, because you can still play the songs now. I mean, there's there's songs that you wrote and you still have a connection to, or can find a connection to. Totally. Them. But the reuniting thing is, it's sort of almost like dating someone that you dated ages ago. It's and, precisely and, that. Okay. Getting remarried. <laughs> tell me, one person's got remarried that it worked. Yeah, I can't think of one. I can't think of one, and I don't want to think of one. I'm sure there are. There's got to be one out there, but we don't want to hear about that. Yeah, That's, right. Uh, no, no, yeah. no, that would ruin the argument. But, <laughs> but the, 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 the argument, or at least the philosophy behind it, is just uh, inaccurate. Mm-hmm. You know, you you can't go back and do that. It is exactly like going to your first girlfriend. It was my first band, you right. know? And I think the world of those guys. Sure, yeah. You know, but it's the same thing with any of those bands. Detective, Check It Past, all, you know, the Power State, all of these bands... You know that I've been in to do, do it all over again. What is the point? Right. You know. Yeah. Isn't isn't life about new experience? Sure. You know. I mean, the Stones are, are mythologically above this argument. Sure. There's nothing yeah. that they are iconic, archetypical. You know, jagged. That's a you can't even describe that. Right. Because it's indescribably spectacular. As is Dylan. They give them what they want. Yeah, that's true. It's as simple as that. You yeah. know, they want to hear Jumping Light Flash, here it comes. You yeah. Know, or satisfaction, whatever it is. And it, it seems to satisfy all ages. They are the biggest uh, live act that ever was in terms of rock and roll. As far as I can understand, maybe you 2 is close. But they do the same thing, mm-hmm. you know, the, the repetition. I have a thing about the repetition because being a DJ, you're playing the same playlist pretty much, and I've been doing it for almost six years, yeah. over and over and over again. Here come the Drifters, here comes Muddy Waters, here come the Temptations, here come the Stones. Yeah. You're doing the same acts. But for me, if you can, if the Maharishi mm-hmm. gave the Beatles a, you know, a, a mantra, mm-hmm. that's what rock and roll is to me. Okay, sure. So there is a sort of uh, a freedom in the repetition? or I uh, think so. Yeah. I also think as you get older... You know, take a painting, for instance. Okay, so you're young and you look at Guernica by Picasso, which is about the the war, and you look at that and you see it when you're 20. Yeah. And then you go off and live your life and you come back to it and you're 40. Completely different painting. Yeah. It's a completely different view Mm -hmm. because you have changed. Right. So you change. The art remains. Yeah. You change with your response to it. It's the same thing with with uh, uh, music. You know, sure, me. films or books, anything. Yeah. I mean, I watch Dog Day Afternoon mm-hmm. every afternoon. <laughs> I mean, to you know, dramatize the, <laughs> <laughs> the, the points, hyperbolize yeah, the uh... <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, I I, I love. You know, I get great satisfaction and relaxation about watching movies 
that I've seen many times. Mm -hmm. The Bourne I uh, trilogy, mm -hmm. I adore, you know, and there are certain silly, not silly, but there are certain movies like Dog Day and like The Godfather and like, you know, the, these classic songs sure. that mean so much to me. Yeah. And, um, and I can just relax and sink into it. Right. As opposed to let it work for you. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to work at some, like if you're looking at P.T. Anderson or, or a new, you know, sure. Wes Anderson or anybody named Anderson, <laughs> their movies, you know, you get, you have to work hard. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You're in it. You're in it. Yeah. There's no, um, you're, you're not observing it. You're part of it. Yeah. And that's what's great about art. You know, you can either be one of the two. Yeah. But in many ways, because I, I live a very, um, you know, busy life, it's mm -hmm. nice to just watch telly. Yeah, no, it is. It is. Sometimes I find myself on Amazon Prime going, oh, look, Murder, She Wrote, the entire thing's up on here. So I'm going to watch one or two. Like, it's perfect plane watching. It's great. You know? It's yeah. phenomenal that you can access. Plus, my career yeah. today, more people say, see what I did on telly now oh, right. sure. than they ever did. Yeah. I mean, I, I've done 150 hours of American television. <laughs> That's right, yeah. You know, be it from Roseanne to Seinfeld to you name Frazier, it. Noah's Place, um, Frazier, yeah. all of it, you know. And it's, it's. listen, man, I get checks from Finland for $3. You know, it's a global vibe. It's a global <laughs> industry. <laughs> but it's it, what it is in terms of my radio show and social media is fascinating yeah. because you know young ones will go oh my god Michael I just saw you you know half naked in a you know something and uh, and it's it's bonding you know yeah. you feel oh that's great because they know from whence I've I've come you know and that's right. really very uh, you know I feel wonderful about that mm -hmm. you know you enjoy when people reach out Oh, I having, really, oh, yeah, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I love to, I mean, social media wise, I, I have like, you know, a lot of people right? and uh, and I vibe with all of them. And, and you know what? I get DMs that are absolutely would make you weep sure. in terms of the pain and suffering that is out there mm -hmm. um, with, uh, you know, homelessness and uh, children on opiates and indeed adults on opiates or indeed the big C. Yeah. You know, a lot of people get hold of me and say, listen, my kid, my son, my mother, my father, my uncle, my manager is this, is that. Yeah. And I, I give a fuck about it and yeah. I respond to it and I, anything, you know, this website we've got, Street Hearts, which is about to come up, we have a lot of information about where to go, mm -hmm. you know. Which is crucial. Shelters. A lot of people don't know. No, they don't have a fucking clue yeah. where where to go to, to at least get a night's sleep or to, you know, people that really care. And there's a lot of people that care, but sure. nobody cares enough to let people know that they exist. There's so much going on with you-know-who, uh, yeah. you know, politically, that it, so many important things are being ignored. I mean, mm -hmm. look what Jon Stewart just did with the, with the you know, the 9-11 survivors. Yeah. I mean... He got in there and, you know, and even then it, it probably won't go through. Right. You know, right. They, and we're talking about the 9-11 survivors who have not been you know, compensated yeah, for extraordinary brave and, work. Yeah. You and know? then Mitch McConnell, I think, was quoted today or yesterday as saying, well, what's he all bent out of shape about? Well, I'd like to bend him into a shape, you know, put it that way. But that's a whole other story. Sure. For all of you guys out there politically, you know, listen, um, it's about love. Mm -hmm. uh, it's about caring about who's standing next to you, but most of all, caring about yourself. And if you've got the balls and courage and kindness to be, you know, care about who's standing next to you, that's what matters, not policy. Policy is political. Political mm -hmm. is criminal right now. Sure. It just yeah. is. Mm -hmm. You know, the greater good, 
Right. You're doing it for the greater good. What the fuck is the greater good? <laughs> also saying something on film and then denying that oh, yeah. you ever oh, said Oh, the lies are positively Aldous Huxley. Yeah. You know, it's just futuristic madness. I mean, you know, but anyway, that's a whole, uh, you know. Sure. But thing. I mean, it's, it's hard not to dip into that. I'm just, uh, well, it, it, yeah. It's impossible not to because yeah. you've either got to have a conscience about it. We're talking about the, the people that are, you know, in a lot of pain. And, sure. Um, and that hurts me. And, yeah. and in many ways, I can heal my own anxieties by, um, you know, giving something away that might help for 30 seconds yeah the actual greater good is reaching out and being of service to other people like well, that that actually helps to create a greater good doesn't it i couldn't agree more again you know craig it's um service is what an uh, alcoholics anonymous is based on or mm -hmm. getting off drugs of or you know whatever it is i'm sure every therapist in the world suggests that perhaps you um what you give away is uh is is of such import. Yeah. It's not what you take. It's right. what you're giving. Mm -hmm. you know, the service of it is amazing. And that's why being an artist at this stage, that I'm 71 years old, and as I said, I'm in my fifth band and I'm on the radio and I give a shit because I don't have to concern myself with anything frivolous right. or trivial, trivialous. Trivialous, trivialous, yeah. And, and so, um, you know, I can, <laughs> I can actually really make a difference and I intend on doing that. Now, did you find that keeping yourself uh, in a very highly scheduled um, schedule, I guess, a busy schedule, helps you to do that? Oh, yeah. I mean, because here's the thing. It's like what we started with, what I yeah. was thinking about driving. You know, you don't think about what happened or what's going to happen. Why didn't they give me that job? Why didn't I get that job? What's the matter with me? And I, how come I, they didn't call back? That kind right. Of... How come she, he didn't call back, yeah. you know, or they didn't call back? Sure. Um, but uh, for me, I don't, no. Because if I'm um, occupied, yeah, you know, left to my own devices, I'm in a paranoid coma. <laughs> okay. In a sense. Sure. A coma being that you're just frozen by all the thoughts going just through your head. Yeah, okay. And uh, I can't see a way out of it. Now, that's a rare occurrence. It, it absolutely creeps in every now and sure. then. Sure, yeah. Um, the doubt of it all, mm -hmm. of dealing with really serious situations. My son, you know, had a dreadful accident, and dealing with that has been very instructive. All you guys out there, you know, who've got uh, family members or friends or whatever has been going through hell, you know, be heaven. How's he doing, by the way? Better. Good. But uh, it's a slow progress to sure. uh, come back from a, a broken back. Certainly. And he is so creative. Mm -hmm. You know, he speaks Japanese. He's in the video game business. Uh, right, and he's yeah. staying very, very aware with, what, with what's going on and, mm -hmm. and has done some incredible design work lately. And, um, you know, I think that's a great healing process mm -hmm. of healing, doing what he can do. But nevertheless, he is physically challenged. And to all people out there that are physically challenged, you know, keep active, keep active. Don't mm -hmm. just Don't just lie around, man you know and and hate and just eat you know <laughs> sure yeah remaining active i think is the key to pulling out of any either low point or struggle right i mean you know you mentioned the paranoid coma thing i think we're all capable of that and i find as well like the the more i'm just doing things whatever it is the easier it is to avoid 
that sort of thing. And the key to that is to listen and do what you're told, because uh -huh. often you want to run the show. And <laughs> I, I have let go of that. Uh -huh. And uh, I, um, I, I, I like to work with collaborators who are as uh, has an has as much input to whatever mm -hmm. we're doing as I do. I don't want to be uh, the you know the monolith. You know, I don't oh, want sure. to be some icon telling you I will. You know, in 1879, I was in a band, so don't you talk to me. You know, <laughs> I know music, and you. Uh, well, <laughs> well, I don't know, and and that's one of the most liberating things you can possibly. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. because the most overused. There's two overused words and phrases in 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 Hollywood. One is, it's so exciting. <laughs> this project, I'm telling you, this is the most exciting. You, I tell you, if you Googled exciting and Hollywood, uh -huh. it would be all over. It. <laughs> Because <laughs> you, you get the tweets, we're really excited about this new album, we're really excited about this movie, we're really excited about this opera. New project. New project is too, but excited. Yeah. You know, um, and the other classic phrase is just so, I know. Yeah. No, 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 I know. Uh, Which yeah. completely negates you, your life, your everything. <laughs> sure. You know, like you say, you know, I, 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 I feel just a terrible fear of Dalmatians. I know. <laughs> And it negates your whole idea of, you know, saying something to yeah. somebody. And that even you opening want to... up for the moment to talk to someone. Yeah, yeah, you want to tell them, yeah. and you want a response. Yeah, even a curious. So, what do you mean? Yeah, yeah what do you mean? Yes, which again expresses a lack of absolute knowledge. I don't think anybody has ever said to me, "What do you mean?" <laughs> in Hollywood, <laughs> you know, I, you know, maybe in pitching some absurd, surreal, oh, yeah, you know, sure, obscene right. show that I dreamt up, and, you know, got it to some producers. <laughs> Office. Michael, what do you mean? The about, budget's what? What do you yeah, mean? You yeah, know, that, there's yeah. a sheep involved in this one, you know, the main character. But, you know, so like, I don't know. And then when you're rehearsing and writing songs and playing it, you know, oh, I don't know. And, and, and that's why the mistakes. Mm -hmm. That's why we called it the mistakes. I think that's a, it's a really good lesson in there, too, for just in general. Like, there, people can get uptight about being correct or perfect about things, but a lot of times you discover great things by not knowing exactly where you're going. Like you mentioned the painting before, or just playing with other musicians. It's the same with life. You know, you go to a party, you don't know who you're going to bump into or yeah. something like that, a job interview, whatever. It's just that you've got to go out there and get involved. You can't do it from your bedroom. You sure. Know? I mean, ironically, I do my radio <laughs> show from, from a bedroom in the house. But, but you have the lighting. So I, the, Yeah, I have the lighting and the makeup people. Yeah, exactly. And they have to come very early in the morning. It's very exciting. It is so <laughs> exciting. <laughs> Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You know, <laughs> you know, it's it's a fabulous thing being in a room full of guys who there's no egoic stuff there. You know, mm -hmm. yeah, you sounded great, man. That 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 is the phrase that I hear from those guys uh -huh. when they look at each other and they go, "Wow, man, that's fantastic!" And how inspiring that is. Obviously, it's it's a new band, yeah. So I don't know if that's gonna. I don't listen. I'm not even thinking about next week. No, sure. You know, we got a show at the Viper. 
everybody's really excited about it. You know, we'll all be in black mm-hmm. and look groovy. With a little periwinkle touch. There's, yeah. a, there's certain peri... Well, I'm thinking of changing my name. Oh, okay. Yes, to... Uh, periwinkle. Perfect. That's Thank good. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. Winkle Records is our label, <laughs> you know, so we're very excited. Well, you know, you know what, what color the next vinyl can be, right? <laughs> it's so funny. I'll tell you a story. So I was interviewing John Doe on my serious uh-huh. show, on a serious show. John Doe of X, for those John who are Doe not of familiar. X, and, uh, and he looks at me and he goes, nice nail polish. Mm-hmm. I've known him. Listen, John Doe X... Um, my, one of my favorite bands of all time. Right, terrific, yeah. But when me and Miss Mamo were living in Hollywood, this is like 30, 40 years ago, mm-hmm. and we, we, we love like uh, yard sales. Oh, yeah, So sure. we were walking around Hollywood, and this there was this lawn with this couple lying on the lawn with a few things lying ar- around them, like uh-huh. some sort of magic Crowley ritual. <laughs> and it was Exine and John Doe. Mm-hmm. And what was in the middle of them? A pair of Dr. Mines. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the classic symbol yeah. of, of punk yeah, footwear. Sure. Yeah, right? yeah. So I buy them for like $3 off mm-hmm. them. And we've been friends ever since. We did Sugartown together, that oh, movie that's right. with Rosanna yeah. and all of those. And Alison Anders directed that movie. Oh, yeah. So we've known each other. So he goes, you know, what's that nail polish? Now, the night before, I'd had dinner with Alison Anders, who's mm-hmm. a movie director and brilliant, and she said, Michael, that is fantastic. What she did was the next morning, she went and did her nails that color, and okay. then had a meeting with John <laughs> about his new book, right? So now John is seeing this, and so, is wondering yeah, and what's goes, going on in the goes, world. He goes, oh, you're copying Alison. I'm going, absolutely not. Are you kidding? You know, the I next was here day, first, yeah. Yeah, I was here first. Periwinkle. Periwinkle rocks, you know. Periwinkle's taking over LA. But he's good. What's the, you know, John Day, Doe's new book about punk is so incredible. Oh, I want to check that out. New it looks really fun, good. New fun at something, you know, it's it's so clever. He's a it, great actor as well. Oh, yeah. God, I'll say. It's a terrific movie called Roadside Prophets. That he's absolutely in. brilliant yeah. in that movie. And, 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 he, and he looks like this gnarly kind of cowboy, really. Yeah, sure. You know, like a Waylon vibe, you know. Yeah, like a yeah Waylon definitely. Jennings. But he's got so much talent, it's ridiculous. Mm. And he's so clever. And, he, you know, he observes and sings about it. And Exceed is one of the great bands. And I think, you know, I saw them in the beginning. And I saw them recently. And they're better. What was the L.A. punk scene like? I mean, it was documented in The Decline of Western Civilization, yes, but was. you were around I was. and going to all the shows and everything, right? Well, Darby was a big Silverhead fan, so... Okay. I, I, Darby uh, Crash of the Germs. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and Pat Smear. Oh, of course. Yeah, Pat Smear later uh, in Nirvana. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, the and Foo Fighters as well, yeah. But um, they were all teenage rock and rollers. And, sure. Uh, you know, there was... What happened was... Silver was always dirty. It wasn't a clean rock and roll, you know, but we got, we got bagged into the glam world. So now the glam to me was the sweet and, and Mark and, and, you know, Marmalade and Gary Glitter. We weren't anything to do with that. Yeah, sure. You know, we were a bunch of drag queens really Mm -hmm. on a rock and roll level, just, you know, trying to create a, an androgyny that meant that, um, the way you looked was not how you would determine one's sexual proclivity or even what you thought about the world. It was just random vintage dreams. Uh-huh. It was, you know, Guy de Maupassant, you know, the, the, that whole sort of renaissance of, um, 
letting go of the Second World War. Oh, sure. Okay. Because the Second World War had such an impact. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, that it, it made butch soldiers and, and, and all of that, you mm-hmm. know, we're going to strike the enemy and kill yeah. the enemy. And, and after that, you know, and I'm one of them babies, you know, like uh, coming out of that vibe and, and uh, it changed because rock and roll came in and mm-hmm. the blues came in and it, it just changed things. And yeah. that's what kind of we were trying to evoke rather than uh, the glamorousness. Uh-huh. You, it's the last word you could use to describe us glamorous. Sure. I mean, you not it can't be glamorous in the gutter. So it's almost more like a punk. Oh, thing. that's right. right. So yeah. back to that. So Darby loved that, and the, the, the guys that saw Silverhead and Pat Smear was one of them. Alejandro Escobedo, people that changed, you know, their view of things when they saw that chaos that was up there at the whiskey. I mean, I, it's indescribable what you, went, went on in those mm-hmm. days because. There was no security. Okay. So that's why I had a tiger. You know, I got this tiger. <laughs> you had a tiger? I had a tiger. I didn't know you really had one. I, I really had I, yeah. Well, I rented it. Oh, well, sure, yeah. We pull up outside the Hyatt Hotel, the notorious Riot Hotel on uh-huh. Sunset Strip in 1972. There's a the hearse outside with flames all over it. <laughs> of course. And there's yeah. a driver that looks like Stuart Granger from one of those African movies from the 50s, uh-huh. you know, in that outfit. Okay. And there's a fucking tiger in the back. <laughs> And the tiger was the star of a TV show. Oh, really? Which... Called Dactari. <laughs> a TV show about a compound of animals. Uh-huh, sure. And what happened to the people that run runs that thing. Yeah. And huge star. Mm-hmm. Tiger was much bigger star than we were. <laughs> but I said, what are you doing? There's a tiger in your hearse. You go, yeah, get out of here, you, you know. And I said, can I rent it? Mm-hmm. For the week, we were playing the Whiskey A Go-Go. Oh, sure, yeah. And we did. And And... Because there's no security, I had it in my room. <laughs> and we had rooms, all adjoining rooms, like oh, the Beatles, sure. like in the movie, you know, yeah, like, yeah. You know, and all the doors were all open. And who slept? Mm-hmm. I didn't think I slept for at least six or seven years <laughs> at that time. Right. And, uh, and we had a tiger roaming around. And he was well-behaved. Uh, well, maybe well, better behaved than some of the band members. He was not well-behaved. Oh, okay. Because, still maybe better because behaved than some of Because he was drugged. Oh, he was okay. taking more drugs than we were, uh-huh. and I'm not proud of that. I mean, but that's <laughs> right, the, you should have done he, more than the tiger. Yeah, yeah, really. I mean, at least. You know. <laughs> but so he was very lazy, and would just lie around. But I swear to God, this happened. And not only that, but there's photographs of it, and and I brought it on stage. Oh wow! I brought it on stage our first night at the whiskey. Mm-hmm. I have a tiger, and I'm wearing tiger skin. Quite an entrance. Yes, I'm actually wearing his uncle. <laughs> and there I am. And what does it do at the first song? Oh, I'm going to guess. It went to the bathroom. (laughs) Not his necessarily critical opinion. Very lazily. uh, Yeah. Slowly. Slowly. Yeah. Tucked his head over to the side. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to want to change. Yeah, sure. You got it. Right. And and the band, (laughs) everybody. They didn't know how to react. How do you react to that? Well, I'll tell you. There was a girl (laughs) in the front with a bouquet. Uh Uh-huh. So. Well. Yeah. I got the bouquet. Mm -hmm. And I. Yeah. Placed Planted it in, 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 in uh, various, yeah. you know, and it would grow. <laughs> that's right. They grew into a lovely little tree. Uh, and it's still there to that's this right. day. That's the beautiful thing about yeah. LA uh, rock clubs. Slash just uh, carved his name in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a rite of passage now when you play there. No, it's a yeah. wrong of passage. But, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so in those days, there was so, you were so much access to the artists. Oh, so sure. there were all these young kids, like Darby, yeah. like Joan Jett, like all of these, you know, we knew those, they were young. And yeah. and I, I, you know, fell in love with Miss Pamela and stayed there in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And it became my home. You know? Yeah. And so that reminds, so you said Joan Jett, so like when the Runaways were 
starting up, you must have encountered them a lot, and Kim Fowley. Very much so, and Robert loved them, you know. And uh, Oh, that's it, right, there's it, a lot of photos with him wearing runaway shirts and promoting them. And, yeah. With me, standing next to him. That's and right, that, yeah. That night, you know, that's when we all fell in love with Joan Jett, was that, you know, uh, specifically Joan Jett. Mm-hmm. And I love Cherie Curry and, and Leader, and they've all done wonderful stuff. Yeah. But Joan was... You know, well, she's the one who really started the engine of the Runaways. Really, you know, she's the rock and roll heart yeah, of the whole thing. She's a, she's rock and roll royalty to me. Yeah, and the documentary is great from Kevin Kerslake, Bad Reputation. That's right, I just watched that recently. It's yeah. terrific. It's fantastic. He did a great job, and she is uh, miraculous and, mm-hmm. and the the real thing. And and was you know got the rock and roll Hall of Fame thing together, which you know is not my favorite subject to discuss, <laughs> since everybody says to me, Michael, what about the MC Five? What about this one and that one and the other one and I always say listen if you dig it you dig it and that's all it stops there for me oh yeah sure so it doesn't really matter to you much who gets in and who doesn't it means nothing to me yeah yeah I just like it when it's someone I like for instance Roxy Music was got in so I was like oh cool I can see footage of them playing together that'll be nice I still haven't watched it though you know I know it'll be on HBO I'll watch it sometime yeah but I'll watch it sometime is not you know, I mean, that tells you something. Yeah, exactly. You know? I'm not it's terribly... Like, who yeah. cares who's in the wrong world? I mean, do you really care? When people get all wound up, like, how come this person's not in Well, yet? this is I, my point, and you can imagine yeah. being in my position sure. where where every tweet is about, what about, you know, whoever, I can't even think of them, yeah, you sure. know. Uh, why isn't it yes, status quo? Yeah, yeah, right. That's a perfect know, one. Yeah. Right, uh, and you go, you know... But, uh, I, and I say every time calmly and gently, you know, the, the the word underrated and overrated, these words are meaningless because it's about you, your heart, your soul, your vibe, your feelings. If you right. like it, you like it. If you don't, who cares? That, that reminds me of when people say this fill in the blank doesn't get the respect they deserve. Or... I, hate, I hate that. <laughs> I do too. It's insane. I do too because it's like, well, what do you, from who? What, from what governing body do you need the okay? The approval, yeah. yeah. Well, I think people want to stand for something. I think that's true. So they yeah. choose what they love and they want you to know that what they love. And it's very innocent. Mm-hmm. So I don't come down too heavy on it at all. No, I'll, certainly I'll just not. say, you know, that's wonderful. Enjoy them. And just because Jan Wenner doesn't think they're, um, you know, appropriate, mm-hmm. I don't think it really should affect you listening to yeah that band sure and it's nice but i think it veers sometimes too much into sports fan stuff for me and that's where i get a little um well i mean the two are completely i just see no relationship between lebron james and james brown (laughs) well maybe actually yeah in the power but uh you know yeah i mean not to be glib glib about this because it's um you know, the subject is very, very hot, you know, overrated, underrated. They yeah. didn't get in. We did get in. The zombies, the this, the that. It's know. really more about really what you get from music, right? Because we all get stuff from art. Personally. Yeah, personally. And it can Scott be the most Walker meaning thankful thing. should run the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame in my book, but that's a different world. I know. Sadly, he's passed, so now he can't. That job's out of the... Uh, possible futures for him yeah i loved him i mean he was amazing but you know the thing is is that uh, you you've really got to just enjoy what you enjoy and it's so fun to play these songs that we play in little steven's underground garage because steven van zandt is on a mission mm-hmm. and that mission is just keeping rock and soul music alive sure it's not just um you know rock in new jersey south side all of that yeah bruce who has a great new album out right now just came out on friday last friday uh, which is incredible which mm-hmm. is sort of california pop you know yeah not pop but it's sort of laurel canyon oh sure music. 70s uh, yeah, singer-songwriter-ish yeah brilliant yeah i mean you know 
Steve Mazant um, is a huge supporter of soul music. Mm -hmm. You know, Sam Cooke and the Temps and all of that in Detroit and, and Tamla Motown and Chess Records and the blues. And, and, and that's something that, you know, one, one plays with a sort of an educative air, mm -hmm. you know, because it's such music that that's the template for so much. And, oh, yeah. And also those melodies and those words of that Motown music, mm -hmm. you know, by William Mickey Stevenson and Ivy Joe Hunter and, Norman, you know, Holland Dozier Holland. These writers were incredible. Oh, yeah. Smokey. Yeah. Oh, Smokey's incredible. You know, the and the, lyric, the sheer amount of amazing stuff that they turned out. Huge, um, you know, amazing amount of, of wonderful songs mm -hmm. came out of Motown and also changed civil rights. That's true. Yeah, I was actually just in Detroit for my first time recently. Fascinating, isn't it? It really is fascinating, yeah. It's weird going through the parts that are totally burnt out. Uh, it's horrifying. Yeah, and it it's so huge. Detroit is so big. I didn't really have a conception it's of it until massive. being there. Yeah. And, uh, and just a troubled city, but, you know, obviously the violence and just it's just a very very difficult situation my dear friend ali willis who is a brilliant songwriter herself, oh yeah she's wonderful I've been, I've been in touch with her hopefully gonna have her on the show oh she's incredible great songwriter and artist and and she's you know really been working hard on on detroit's behalf oh wow yeah um she got this whole this song that she wrote about detroit which is so beautiful and put so many different people in it like literally two three hundred people sing it uh -huh. and it's uh, you know i mean we're all doing what we can do you know, I mean, if if you've got the time and you've got the energy and you've got the resources, how, why wouldn't you? I, I don't know why that reminds me, but I wanted to ask you about being Murdoch again on, uh, on the, what's the name of that show? MacGyver. That's right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because there's two M names. So I was like, Murdoch on that Murdoch yeah. show. Yeah, you know, we'll just call Macbeth. it the Murdoch show. Yeah, yeah, Macbeth. Fabulous work in Macbeth. But don't say the name inside this theater. No, no, you have uh, to go around and around and whistle and all of that <laughs> exactly shit. Exactly right. I remember, I did the play. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah. I, I played Macduff. Uh-huh. And uh, with the classic line, because the witches in Shakespeare's Macbeth say... Macbeth cannot be um, killed by woman born, by, oh, okay. by any human that was born from a woman. Uh -huh. And Macduff says at the end of the play to Macbeth, he's going, you can't kill me. The witches, you know, the Macbeth says, you can't kill me. Yeah. The witches have told me, and that's a fact, that I can't be killed right. by a human that was born from a woman. And Macduff says, Macduff was from his mother's womb, untimely ripped. Ah. The first cesarean. Okay. How yeah. about that, man? That's pretty good. And then chops his head off. Yeah. <laughs> you want to punctuate a sentence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right, really. But uh, so, you know, and playing Murdoch is, is that important to yeah. me. Yeah. You know, I played, the, I played grand villains and stuff, but not nothing like that guy. Yeah, no, it's it's really the ultra of, of all of that. And you played the mentor of the new Murdoch, right? Well, that's as well? essentially what I'm playing in the reboot, you know, is this yeah. guy, Nicholas Hellman. And, you know, they've started a, a Twitter account based on Nicholas. It's called Hellman's Hellions, <laughs> run by Karen Babb. It's fantastic. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. It's so great to even think about it. Yeah. That people give a shit. You yeah. Know? And it inspires people enough to make a Twitter account and it gives <sighs> people amusement. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it makes their the, day brighter. Yeah. And David, who plays the new Murdoch, David S. Malchin, is the greatest actor. I mean, what happened was when the first season came out and fans were furious oh, okay. the richard dean anderson fans and and murdoch fans were going oh it's outrageous you can't do that reboots reimagine yeah. you know that you, you know that that feedback that blowback yeah. you get yeah. from reboots and reimaginings and 
And I said when he when he came on the screen, and I, I tweeted out that night, this guy is fantastic. This right. is a wonderful actor doing great work. Please mm -hmm. enjoy. Well, I mean, CBS went. Uh, Get Michael on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> this is another good example, by the way, of just the being open to things, right? And and, and being like, sort of like, well, I don't know. Again, I don't know. Let, let's check this out. Oh, this is nice. You know, yeah. because then inadvertently, it certainly wasn't your intention to get on the show. No, you were just no, expressing I your gratitude and appreciation yeah. for this sort of thing. And I, I also thought... I wanted to counter all the negative energy that surrounded yeah. the, uh, that, that episode, you know, where he came on. And, and he'll tell you to this day that, by the way, David Assumption is going to be a superstar. Mm -hmm. you remember that name? You know, he's, he's in the new Dune movie. Oh, terrific. Yeah. He's, he's playing uh, Polka Dot in, one, in the Suicide Squad. Oh, wow. Okay. The sequel to Suicide yeah. Squad. I mean, he's, he's there. He's, yeah. he's going to explode in a year or two. But uh, I saw it, man, and I've worked with him, looked in his eyes. He's a great actor. And it was really fun to be go down there and do it. Now, yeah. everybody's saying, well, you've got to kill MacGyver. Well, no, it's a different scenario. MacGyver is now 24, <laughs> and I'm 107. <laughs> so it's you know, not going to work yeah. on that level. So they had to create another guy. Okay, yeah. And then they did. And then maybe Murdoch, maybe there's a lot of Murdochs. I just happened to get the complete Miami Vice box set oh, yeah. on Blu-ray, which is Done one of that. my favorite series. And you were yeah. on it twice. I did it twice. Once as yourself, and then another time as a really villainous pimp yeah. uh, who was blackmailing people yeah. as well, I think. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, down in Miami with uh, my dear friend. you know, Don Johnson, yep. yeah. And uh, me and Miss Pamela, when he, when he got the pilot and he went uh -huh. to Miami... And it caught on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it did. it did. It didn't do too bad. And that, we took his uh, house. Oh really? And okay. Yeah. And we moved into his house. No, because he had to be in Miami. He had to be in Miami. Year, so basically, yeah. Yeah. And so we, uh, me and Miss Pamela and our kid, you know, little baby Nick, we moved into that house. Um, and you know, it, it's it's a very lovely story. You know, it, it sounds so show busy. Sometimes I listen to myself and go, Oh, for God's sake, <laughs> shut up. Well, there's a really sweet clip of the two of you, you and Don, on the set of Miami Vice when you were. Uh, appearing as Power Station, and uh, not you personally appearing, uh, appearing with Power Station, yeah, and uh, yeah. and it's just a sweet moment because the two of you were talking about having maybe not the best stretch of uh, luck for a while, but now you know the two of you were both persevering, and then you were on the show together. You know, it's a very nice little thing. I'll repost it. It's, yeah, uh, sure. Yeah. It, it's a it's a beautiful thing. Donnie is the greatest actor. Mm -hmm. You know why he, you know. Well, it's silly to go there, but but I know uh, what you mean, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially when you're friends with someone and you can really see. Yeah, but the his work stands alone. I mean, you know, he's a great, he's a so gorgeous and so charming, yeah. and, and and an extraordinary person, and raising a beautiful family again, and uh, a super talented bloke, and uh, I I love him and respect him. And there's very few people that I can say that about, mm -hmm. to be frank with you, to mm -hmm. be candid with you, or to be Shirley with you. <laughs> um, you know, I, I you know, I, how many people? Did you ever find in uh, the years of working in both uh, film and music that there would be people that, I guess, acquaintances that sort of like then you, you you thought one thing of them or maybe you thought they were one kind of person and then you discovered that they were not that kind of person. I mean, we all do in, in all facets of life. And b because Hollywood gets tagged with that a lot, people being fake or phony. It's a great, great, great question. And I'm trying to rack my brains. Um Okay, so I think what my response to that question is, 
it's so rare I, I truly connect. Yeah. But it's so rare for us all that we truly connect. Certainly. Did I see somebody who I thought was a schmuck and then turned into a saint? No. Right. I think that you know right away when you touch somebody or you, you, you look in their eyes, mm -hmm. or you know, you, you know, oh my goodness me. This is a special, special thing. Sure. And the vibration, the equation of you two, um, and that I, I, I one hand. Uh huh. Right. Uh, maybe maybe even less than that. <laughs> half have a I, hand. Have I had half a hand? Because hypothetically, you're not talking about we're both artists. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like everybody I've ever worked with in bands, I felt a tremendous connection because you've got that mutual thing about the music. But if it's just a person, it's you and them and what they believe and what they don't believe and the sure. courage or kindness that they have or don't have that connect you, that's something else. You're yeah. not bonding over a movie right. or, a, or a band. Yeah. There's, this, there's a depth of, uh, of uh, similarity, mm -hmm. familiarity. Yeah. You can see yourself in them or the good side of yourself and sure. they bring out that good side yeah. of you and you yeah. Do that to them. And right. That's called friendship. That's true. That's really important. Thinking about how people, how, or how you bring out something in your friend, or and vice versa. And I guess instinct is pretty much everything, right? Because a lot of times we get in trouble not listening to our gut about people or Don't situations. No. Your okay. Gut is a that's the worst. I have a twenty-seven inch waist. I, d I can't talk about guts. <laughs> right. Okay. So when I we don't listen to our intuition, yeah. it's uh, it's it's a rare and beautiful thing to have somebody that you don't have to be somebody else for. Yeah, that's that's true. Which reminds me of your documentary, which is called "Who Do You Want Me to Be," which is coming out soonish, right? Well, it's been coming out soonish for years. Right. The so why stop now? Let's just keep it. To yeah. <laughs> well, there's more more footage, and the thing is, is that the licensing. You know, I've made movies with Clint Eastwood and and Think Cadillac, by the way. Yeah, and, and, and by the way, I always mention this. I mentioned this theater on the show so often that uh, there's a drinking game now involved <laughs> with it. But the new Beverly, I think it would be fabulous new if Beverly, they did a screening. Absolutely, and I could do a Q and A. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, they would love that. Well, they've approached yeah. me for that. Yeah, yeah. But, but the thing is, is that if you, you know, it's like a beautiful thing when you when you do something like that. You know, like people people. It changes. It's so fucking interesting. Like, you know, to answer your question, Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Let's talk about Clint Let's Eastwood. Let's talk about Clint Eastwood, absolutely. Because I was cast on film. Mm -hmm. And I talk like this. I played like an Aryan Brotherhood motherfucker. And a yeah. Biker gang. I'm going to get you. I'm going to kidnap your motherfucking children. I'm going to sell them on the street. So, yeah, I'm a really horrible person. And so I walked in and did all the videos and the auditions as that guy. Yeah. Are you ready for me? I'm here at 430. Yeah, it's five ten. Why can't you get me in there? Mm -hmm. You know, I was even the secretary's going. This guy, get, I think he's going to kill somebody. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and I went in and got it on film, and he saw it on video. You know, and, mm -hmm. and, and cast me, and I'd never met him. Mm -hmm. And then they fly me up to Reno. We made it in the mountains there, you know, in, in Nevada. And uh, it came the moment to meet him, mm -hmm. and I'd arrived on location. Had already been working for a week or so, mm -hmm. and I the first thing I said to him was, "Go ahead." make my career <laughs> and he laughed and he took me into his trailer his trailer was schwarzenegger's gym oh wow which he'd gotten yeah but he 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 liked to watch movies in it mm -hmm. so he said i want to play a movie mike uh okay fantastic and it was a documentary on thelonious monk oh because he's a crazy Huge jazz, jazz nut yeah so we sat there me and i i'm <laughs> what's for clamped <laughs> yeah i am sure. like going through a lot because clint eastwood's face 
yeah. is seared into my DNA sure. from a child, as it is with everyone, Dirty Harry and so on and so the, forth. Those westerns, the, the, yeah. the, the hard, cold, you know, killer with the heart of gold, you know, right. the principled villain, you know, yeah. I mean, amazing, that face and Rawhide, the TV show, sure. was a kid I watched in England. So I'm sitting there going, Jesus, I'm playing the bad guy with dirty fucking Harry. <laughs> you know, I'm in yeah. heaven. You know? yeah. and, and then to, to be, you know, this is a French documentary that I don't think a lot of people have access to, but he, what happened was the filmmakers came to him with this documentary of Thelonious Monk and said, can we please get this out on Warner Brothers? Mm-hmm. Warner Brothers, by that time, by the time I worked with him, he'd made a billion dollars for Warner Brothers. Wow. Okay, that makes sense, actually. Right? right. Yeah. He, Essentially, only worked for them. Yeah, right. Yeah, and El Paso Productions is just every movie he's ever made. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, by the way, Mule. If you look at Mule, mm-hmm. the new one. Um, That's right, because he put one out every like almost every eight months. He puts another con- movie out constantly, like Woody Allen. Yeah. That, you know, without Woody, the, Woody uh, has problems. Yeah. <laughs> but but um, you know, at the end of the screening. And it's mm-hmm. just me and him. Yeah. And then then at the, at the back there was this like a Warner Brothers executive hovering. And the guy goes, uh, is that okay, Mr. Eastwood? And he said, and I'll never forget it. He said, take the shield off at the end. <laughs> I said, what? And the shield was the Warner Brothers logo. Oh, wow. And he didn't want to corporatize it. Oh, wow. Which and, would and he corrupt had that kind of the authentic- Yeah. Fuck yeah. Are you yeah, kidding yeah, right. me? He is a Warner Brother. Yeah. He's Clint Warner. Yeah. But I mean, it, to, to see him so calmly address mm-hmm. something that is my whole thing which is the corporatizing of the world is disgusting and horrible and i hate it and clearly for him too sure and then they say well he's a conservative and he did the obama thing with the i don't care about that yeah you know we've all done things that pass <laughs> maybe should in retrospect not have, yeah. <laughs> yeah gee i've never done that man <laughs> yeah, yeah. ridiculous so there uh, from that moment on we had a bond we had a bond of music he loves music i love music he knew music i would play guitar with him he'd play congas it was uh-huh. sick really wow yeah I mean, and he composed uh, scores for some of his amazing. films right Am I correct that he made Round Midnight, the movie about Monk? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Charlie Parker Uh, is what it was about. That's right, Charlie Parker. You know, and Forrest Whitaker was extraordinary. It's an incredible film. When people say, oh, they can't make music movies, you know, rock and roll or whatever it is, jazz. Go see that. Yeah, that movie's incredible. Go rent that. Go download that. Go yeah. li- li- Around Midnight is one of the... I love that you bring it up. Oh, I love that movie, because yeah. Because he wouldn't let it go by unless it was great. True. And also, the other thing about him was it's two takes. That's what, He's a very efficient uh, filmmaker. Two takes. <laughs> Tops. <laughs> and he's, you know, and if you fuck it up, he would simply say, you have film in the camera? <laughs> okay, let's do it again. You know. Yeah, everyone's done by five, right? Or earlier. You know, because of who he is, he could take as much time as he wants. I think it's an artistic choice more than a budgetary choice. Yeah, it's not like Sinatra who would be like, just one take because I just want to get out of here. But all he needed, you know, th- that shows such incredible confidence. And that's a great oh, that's example. Yeah. He could memorize the script in 20 minutes mm-hmm. and Frank. Uh, and would, yeah. I think he would get frustrated rather easily from my what i know about him that's exactly right but that's why nelson riddle comes comes in oh the, yeah who arranged all those that you yeah. know he would walk in and they'd have it sussed as they say oh yeah and yeah. um he would go in and he'd sing it he'd listen a couple of times he'd, he'd sing it he'd leave yeah you know and and to me that is just the shit tina turner as well I was watching a documentary about her and martin ware was talking about basically first take on most of the stuff maybe not a second with phil take. Spector. 
Oh, well, no one got away with the first you take know, with Phil Spector, which right? Which is, in, it's interesting though, Tina, yeah, because Tina is my favorite singer. Mm-hmm. She taught me everything. Mm-hmm. Just the percussiveness of her voice. Yeah. You know, it was just, it just made us so edgy yeah. for rock and roll soul music. She's the one for me. When's, when's the first time you saw Tina Turner live? Oh, in London, um, late 60s, like, you know, and there was a review show. Mm-hmm. It was like Sam and Dave and... Six acts on the bill. Yeah. yeah. And all of them, you're just going wild. Yeah, all, like all the greatest. Yeah, because yeah. it's real music, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, one interesting story for you and your listeners is, is that in England in the late 60s, the enemy, the New Musical Express and Melody Maker, they had big festivals that, mm. that you would have everybody on it. Dusty oh, Spirit, sure. Three Songs, Nashville Teens, Herman's Hermits, The mm-hmm. Searchers, The Hollies, The Beatles, yeah. The Stones, The Yardbirds, and they'd all do three songs. Well, I was in drama school, this is 65, mm-hmm. and they came to our drama school, the producers, the BBC, who were going to televise this festival, and they wanted some kids to be filmed going into the festival and kids coming out of the festival. Sure. Oh, that was great. Yeah, yeah. So that's how I saw the Beatles. Oh, that's amazing. I know. <laughs> I was sitting there being filmed going, oh, John, <laughs> you know, whatever. And uh, Have you ever seen the footage later on? Have you been able to track that down? Or? You know what? I have not. It'd be fun and to find that. we've tried so hard to get me screaming at Paul McCartney, <laughs> and we never did. Yeah. You know, it's a drag. Josh Weinstein directed this bit documentary. It's going to come out soon. Yeah, which many people might be familiar with him from Mystery Science Theater. Yep. And um, uh, he was a writer on a lot of shows. Right? Yeah, yeah, he's a fantastic filmmaker and comedian mm-hmm. and actor now. A wonderful man. It was just beautiful, generous, incredible, talented, clever, sharp, no bullshit, you know, perfect. But, that's how I saw a lot of the great acts. Mm-hmm. And then the other way I did it was there was a show called Ready, Steady, Go. Oh, yeah. That was mm-hmm. live. Oh, right, right. And what I'm doing was it was at Rediffusion TV Studios. Now, I'd be playing some punk throwing a brick through a window <laughs> in another show. Yeah. But, I, you know, at lunch, I would go over to the soundstage <laughs> where Otis Redding Amazing. was singing with Tom Jones. Oh, wow. Or Chris yeah. Farlow or yeah, something. Sure. And, and, and I'm 16. Mm-hmm. And uh, just soaking all of it up. Oh, taking as uh, much yeah. as, as possible. The Stones, yeah. yeah, with Brian like nodding out and yeah. Mick going, oh, hey, Brian, uh, wait, come on, Brian, and Keith going, for God's sake, bro, you What did you say, Keith? <laughs> you know, so uh, so you were seeing all all sides of this stuff too, because you would see the that's sort right. of the real life aspect and not just the stuff on the screen. That's exactly right. And at the end of the thing with the Beatles, I tried to get backstage and fuck the, the BBC, you know, <laughs> filming us coming out all excited. I went missing, yeah, you know, but they soon security soon, you know, threw me. In. Oh, sorry. Yeah. I got lost. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about that. Well, so yeah, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. <laughs> well, wait, which door? And then it was quickly after that, right? When you got to serve with love yeah. and, and how did, did you audition for that? I can't remember quite how that happened. How that happened was uh, I've been in drama school about six months and the James Clavell, the director, uh, and um, the studio came to our drama school. Yeah. And um, because there's a lot of great people, Malcolm McDowell, mm-hmm. Judy Geeson, a lot of really good young actors. You and Malcolm McDowell should, would be great if you played brothers oh, yeah. who, uh, in, a, in a road movie. You guys got to take a car trip to date. <laughs> <laughs> I've replaced him in various projects. Oh, really? 
Well, when he wasn't, you know, available. Well, sure, or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there was one TV show called Four Kings that I did that they had him playing a, a record producer and he just didn't want to <laughs> know about it. And it was a sitcom. <laughs> it's hard doing sitcoms because you've got okay. the audience and, yeah. they, you know, you do a, a, a version of it and then they rewrite it and then you do it again. Okay, so you've got to yeah. be fast and he just wasn't into that. Oh, sure. You know, it's yeah, hard yeah. to learn that dialogue that fast and then do it in front of a live audience. Right, and right. That, and then hit the marks as well. It's a whole thing. It's a very, it's a very complex thing, sitcoms. Yeah. really complex and you've got to be really relaxed and able to remember those words and um, it's tough it's tough but I love him Clockwork Orange you know he was our hero for ages oh, yeah, you know? but I auditioned for Romeo and Juliet speaking of Franco Zeffirelli uh -huh. which we weren't but we might, we, as, we well, might as well yeah, yeah. who just died and that's unfortunate. And I was there, one of three, Leonard Whiting, me and another guy, didn't mm -hmm. get it. You know, it's like, you, 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 that's the dangerous territory of looking back, oh boy, if I'd been Romeo. If I'd been you in know, that, if I'd been in this. Would, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Can, you know, all of this shit. Yeah. I always think that, like, if you think back, like, I'm past, if you want to say failures or opportunities that didn't happen or you weren't able to seize them, I think that the best way to look at it is that those are steps along the way to wherever you are now. That's great. The other way is crazy making, and also, like you said before, what if and uh, this should have. It doesn't. It doesn't exist. It's not real, and it doesn't. It also leads back to what you were saying about being in the present moment and thinking about now. Yeah, you know, it should have been Sting. You know, um, <laughs> uh, stupid. And uh, and the sooner you realize that you've got your own path, and 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 indeed, you know, not getting something is as important as getting it, like you just described so accurately because you learn something about yourself that's true yeah. which is the whole thing about mistakes right yeah you, know, you make one and you learn from it and and that's been my ethos for a long long time which has meant that i haven't had to succumb to um outside um you know substances that will anesthetize my anguish sure well and again as we talked about in the last time you were on you know you went through a period where you did try that and that didn't really solve any of those things well it's a rite of passage isn't it or a yeah. wrong of passage you know i mean you know you're reading edgar Allan poe you might as well do heroin you know i mean <laughs> it's just it was just de rigueur as they say well, sure, in and, and in that era too i mean also when you were hanging out with jimmy page there was a lot of the sort of uh, dabbling in the occult dabbling is kind i mean but <laughs> you know deeply into it is but uh yeah thinking you could change things and have the power but the only power worth anything is love and the united uh, uh, souls of us all and uh, we're all one and we're all the same we're all share the same secrets etc in those days you had a sort of a mythological iconic um symbolism that you were important okay and you're not sure you know you're as important as the person standing next to you and there's the important thing is to love that person you know and take interest in in other people i think that's another key yeah thing. and learn and admire yeah and hopefully love you know what other people do mm -hmm. i mean so many people can say what they don't like, and That's so true. few can say what they do. They'd rather talk about something that was fucking awful. That was terrible. Oh, God, he can't act. Look at that. Oh, and they love it, and they bond over it, man. That's true, actually, yeah. yeah. And if you could bond over somebody, they ah, oh, it's wonderful. It's kind of better world, no? It's very exciting. <laughs> I'm very excited about that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> We talked earlier about managing uh, anxiety, if you will, or those little things that can get the better of us. Is there any one or two things you could recommend to any of our listeners who yes. has that sort of happening? Yes, yeah. I, absolutely. Um, listen to Little Stephen's Underground Garage for one thing, but sure. more importantly, love yourself. How do you do that? Okay, so how you do that is you go to the gym 
because you love yourself enough to stay in shape and stay active for others, mm -hmm. for everybody around you. If you love yourself, you will be loved. If you eat right, you will be you will feel that you can give, that you'll have the strength, the energy. You know, the vulnerable need to see somebody who is feeling good, not in a a posturing way, mm -hmm. but in a way that is got a shining light. When I was when I did mime, the mime, Lindsay Kemp, you know, who worked with Bowie, mm -hmm. he had the thing where imagine you have a spotlight on your forehead. And wherever you look, you illuminate that place. Mm -hmm. That was such a beautiful thing to it me. Really is, and it yeah. really stuck to me. And now I would say peace of mind is is getting your body in shape. Now, I don't mean you're going to look like Bruce Lee. Sure. Nobody looked like Bruce Lee. Yeah. You know, except for me for like six weeks in like <laughs> 74, you know, with that leanness. But it's not about the visual. It's about yeah. the feeling. If mm -hmm. you feel good and you've done a disciplined workout, you know, the discipline alone, the bravery to be able to be consistent. Mm -hmm. We are so inconsistent human beings. Sure. You know, and we, we, we sit and think, oh, should I do that? Can I do that? Mm -hmm. Well, when you start asking yourself those questions, you can't. So uh -huh. you really have to train your body into going out and working out. So, I mean, it's a very simple answer to the question. Sure. Work out, eat good drink water mm -hmm. it really is yeah it sounds it's like simple, a haiku but that's a good thing though or a haiku <laughs> in this case that's what it is yeah and you know and i would say that would bring peace to mm -hmm. your lives and more so it will give you the opportunity to be of service to your fellow man and woman boy and girl or they well that's terrific well michael thank you uh, so much for coming back and, and chatting uh, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk to you no thank you and we're playing the viper room on monday if you guys want to you know come to that it's free yeah. i'd love you to do that and you know our single comes out july 5th i have to say these things well, of on, course on yeah wicked cool records it's called crackle and hiss it's an homage to vinyl clearly the b-side is stopping the name of love the supreme's classic and we're going to be playing around town and uh, hopefully around the country and listen to my program little steven's underground garage series xm channel 21 mdb your marquee over and out Right now, it's time to stop in the name of love.